pick a record, okay? What? Just pick any record. Any record. Okay. What's what's the hit side? Good golly, Miss Molly. Okay. Now ask me what's on the flip side. Why? Just just ask me what's on the flip side, okay? What is on the flip side? Hey, 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 hey. 1958 specialty records. See, you don't ask me things like that, do you? No, you never ask me what's on the flip side. No, because I don't give a shit. Shrevy, who cares about what's on the flip side of a record? I do! Every one of my records means something. The label, the producer, the year it was made. Who was copying whose styles? Who was expanding on that? Don't you understand? When I listen to my records, they take me back to certain points in my life, okay? Just don't touch my records, ever. The Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. All right, side two. Leon and the Game of Skin. I got to say that this was the hardest one to write for me because I've heard this song enough. I still don't know what it's about. I just, I don't know. So here we go. All right, okay, all right. Knowing that, and yes. knowing that this was the hardest one for you to write. Yes, here we go. I just, okay. now, I just now realize that this song is over six minutes long. It certainly doesn't feel like it. I, honest, I honestly missed this one from the set list. I have a fondness for this song, as I kind of feel like this, and the, same, and the name of the song, 25 Years uh, of Skin in the Game, book are related. I, I wrote that terribly there. That's terrible. <laughs> I was trying to make a correlation between the book that we did and the song, but the song came first. That's right. I don't know if there are many songs in the H repertoire that pose a question in the chorus. Where's your skin in the game? My answer, right here, MFR. <laughs> <laughs> I always think that the bands are talking to me when they ask a question. The pol- you know, that's, uh-huh. that's what, that's what uh, Manson thought about the Beatles, too. <laughs> right. Have you ever taken a narcissism quiz? Gabe? You're, yeah. you're, sound like, you're trying to say I'm like Charles Manson. No, I sound like I'm trying to say I'm like the Beatles. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> I do know what's worse. <laughs> the, oh, pulse, the, the pulsing one note on the piano is spot on during the chorus. <laughs> I can judge a song by how much I want to sing it out loud. If Local H were a hardcore band, the gang vocals at the end is where you would see a pileup of sweaty people aiming to get their one shot at singing on the mic. <laughs> there is a little bit of that. We'll get into it, but okay. go ahead. Maybe I'm just longing for the days of the minor threat pileups of the 80s. Maybe I had a dream that happened once. If I did, this is the song that was playing while 30 people piled up on stage, stage chanting with Scott. I want you to sing those last few lines maybe <laughs> maybe i had a dream that this happened once maybe i did so what are you talking to me 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking to you. Sing it to the tune of Maybe I'm Amazed. Maybe I had a dream that Scott sang. Oh, okay. I can't do it. It's pretty good. I want you to sing this, Gabe. All right. That's interesting because like, I was listening to the part that comes before the chorus. That the fake outrage. You know that part? Yes. And I was thinking like, you know, we were trying to figure out what's emo and what's not emo. I think like that part of the song and Strychnine are as emo as we've ever gotten. Does that track or am I completely misunderstanding emo once again? <laughs> uh, Gabe, I'm th- asking you. Th- there's definitely a different feel to this song than most local age songs. Yes. Uh, and maybe, you know, it's just six minutes. You know, Strychnine's got to be six plus. Hey, they're, they're, they're this. Here's a weird thing. They're the same exact length. Is that mm. possible? How's that possible? It's possible. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's sure. There, there's. There's something about the song that makes it feel different, and I wouldn't say Local H is an emo band, so yes, maybe you're leaning towards emo on this song. A little bit, but like that, the, you know, that emo that's like, it's in a major key, but it sounds like it's in a minor key, and it's super anthemic, and it's like screamed, and it's like, whoa, you know? Yeah. And it's got those uh, those uh, octave sort of chords going on think about it come back to us next week oh, i hear what you're saying you'll, you'll capitulate yes thank you andy yeah i got it like and there's a, nothing like cool, a like a there's victory band, cool. like a hawthorne heights or something right Is right, that what you're talking right. About? It, it's it's heavy and there's nothing cool about it though right <laughs> it's like and it's like calm down yes. you people what are yeah. you so angry yeah. about yeah it's like it's like take it easy <laughs> easy we're gonna get over here and play some riffs and Act detached and cool and I, be stoners. I, I think the fans of Local H are attached to this song more than any other on the record. Really? Is that I true? think so. Because when you play this song, people people are like, they're mesmerized. All I'm, right, well, I'm not joking. I think on this song, this song is the one out-and-out failure on this record. And listen, only I can say this. If somebody <laughs> comes up to me and says... Yeah, you're right. That part sucks. I'd be like, "Fuck you!" But, <laughs> but uh, I'm really disappointed in the the verse guitar line that do 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 that main riff. You know what I'm talking about? That descent, mm-hmm. that police sort of thing. In in one way, and I keep trying to tell myself it. It sounds very police. It sounds like some of Andy Summers' stuff on Regatta de Blanc, where it's it's like like there's almost like his guitar sound on even stuff like Message in a Bottle is too right. low in the mix. Yeah. So I keep trying to tell myself it's cool because it sounds like that, but I, I can't fool myself anymore. I, 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 what don't you like the, about it? you don't like the line or you don't like the way it sounds? I love the line. I think the line is one of the best things I've ever done. But I hate the way it sounds. Really? I think it's too. I think it's too low in the mix, and uh, I, I hate myself for not saying anything, not catching it. I don't know what I was thinking. I think well, possibly I was thinking that. Go ahead, Annie. What, what, well, I'll tell you. I mean, I don't know if you remember the circumstances. Okay, before we started mixing this record, I thought I needed more time to do something, and also I thought I was missing a few things. And you were like, "It's okay." We'll just start mixing, and if we need to do some recording, we'll do some recording. It's okay. And I'm like, I hate doing that. I fucking hate doing it, because yeah. you lose perspective. And also, some of the gear that I use for mixing, especially back then, 
need to be used for recording. It's just a different process. So when we got to mix this tune, that's when I think all those background vocals came out. Like we did a lot of recording for this more than any of the other tunes while we were mixing this tune we recorded a bunch and it took us we mixed for like i think it was at least three days and it might have been five days we mixed this and not like a couple hours here and there we spent like fucking 10 hours a day for right. a minimum of three days and maybe as much as five days on this one song mixing like we were down the rabbit hole so like if you lost perspective that's probably why or I don't know if maybe you thought at the time, oh, we should do this, and then didn't like speak up. Well, I think what what ha- happened was I, I think when I listened to it, and I love the way on that emo part that we're talking about when the guitars come in, they really smack. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of me was thinking, you know, when those guitars smack, they smack really good, and mm-hmm. if we turn up the guitar, that's going to take away from that. So that's what I think. If if not, we were thinking. I was thinking, and and I was wrong. I was totally wrong, and I it, it kills me to listen to this song. I, you know, I sort of I have a vague memory also of like maybe we tried tracking it one way with a bunch of gook on it, like you know, actual pedals and stuff, and then later in the recording process, you were sort of dissatisfied with that sound. And maybe we tried it again with a different tack, and then I can't remember, in mixing, maybe we tried using both of them. I can't remember exactly, but well, we struggled with this one. This one was a bear. This was the hardest one to mix, for sure. Well, because it's so, it's, it's, it's one epic. of the longer ones. And, so and changing, it's like, it changes a right. lot, too. It's like not it, like one long, it's not like John the Baptist is long, but it's more similar right. sonically whereas this one like goes from here to there and all every which way but loose by the know? time you're towards the end of it you're like where the fuck were we when we started it's right? a big boat it, it's, and that's it at the really very is. end when the, the beach boy pillowy vocals come in too the ooze it's like holy oh, shit yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like did this need to happen yeah, right. it's like those guys were like I think we're getting paid by the idea so <laughs> cram them all in there cram them all in there yeah, I mean, this song is really painful for, uh, for me to listen to. Uh, and well, I think it turned time, out great. I love the way it turned mm-hmm. out. Every time it comes on, I'm like, okay, maybe this is the time that it's, my opinion is going to change. And then that riff starts, and I'm like, ah, fuck. Because I really love that riff. I mean, this song is on um, the live record, right? The Europe record? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. much better on that. Yeah, the live it, version's it, better? As far as that guitar riff goes. Yeah. But... But the the roaring guitars on the choruses in this sounds so good. I'm not, I'm not I'm not saying that this doesn't have good points, but when it gets to the verse, it's just it kills it for you. It's off the for road. me. It's really disappointing. Let's for me, go back in and take it, Gabe. We should take, we take should it off the vinyl. It. Just we should it remix off. this part higher. That is the one thing that I just totally scratch down the with vinyl remixing. through this cut. <laughs> yeah, just take an iron. Did you, did take you an iron. Do that? Every song or every copy, just take the take the grooves out. I had a friend who said uh, he scratched open arms out on his copy of Journey <laughs> oh, no. Escape. That's awesome. Yeah. Do everything. He's like, oh, I hated it so much, I scratched, I scratched the entire it. thing out. Wow. I was like, wow, I don't like it either, but you know, I've got better things to do. <laughs> it's commitment. <laughs> <laughs> I admire that commitment. Yeah. <laughs> well, this song is the second song that reminds me of the Ramones, and maybe it's just me, because it's uh, because yeah, of that one-note piano thing. 
Uh-huh. Which reminds me, I think of Bonzo Goes to Bitburg, where I don't think they're using a piano. I think they're using like a xylophone or some synth that sounds like it. But um, there must be other... Well, that is... That is... That is Stooges all Yeah, the way. it's a Stooges yeah. trick. And if the Ramones used it, they stole it from the Stooges. They totally stole it from the Stooges. Right. But I just dog. love what that does sonically. For, and there's a couple other songs on this album that do that too, isn't it? We've been doing that trick. Yeah, that's an old. That's <laughs> for a that's, long Scott long goes time. for that in his pocket. <laughs> it's great. Regularly. I go, hey, hey, what if we did hey, this one note hey, piano thing? <laughs> Andy, I'm going to play some piano. He's like, ugh. <laughs> You don't like it, Andy? And he goes, he goes, what's he going to do? And he looks out and I'm going, dang, 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 dang. Here's the question. Where is the death religion? That's the question I just had. Yeah. Or blues in this song? Because this might be where it all falls apart. All right, Gabe. Track okay. two. And this this is one that I really dig. And listening to today uh, was like, wow. Uh and I remember I was ready to kick this fucking song to the curb. You want to talk about a song that almost didn't make it? It's this song. But uh, but I've said enough. Let's hear, Gabe, Gabe. Let's, let's hear, Gabe's let's hear what Gabe has to say. Yeah. Here's what. Here's my take. Mansplainer. Yeah. <laughs> this is my take. Are, are you going <laughs> to tell me? Gabe's planer. Uh, Gabe's Gabe planer. I'm going to. I'm going to. Man. I, I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. I'm a sucker for any song with a tambourine. So this one is high on my list already. The tambourine, again. Now that I think of it, as I look at the lyrics online, which are not always accurate, this one starts out with a chorus, which is often a good recipe. What stands out most here are the guitars. Give this a listen, and try to find all the layers between the flanges, slides, and overlapping tones. These are, there are these catchy AF songs on the record on every record all right, all right Gabe, Gabe, Gabe. I'm, I'm, I'm catchy af that's what i wrote there are Why? these because it's it's what the kids do these days they I don't OMG. Fuck what the kids do omg okay. <laughs> lol <laughs> lol all right there are these catchy as fuck songs on every record lovey thank you lovey dovey bmw man dick jones cold manor she hates my job i put mansplainer up there with these funny house several of these have tambourine before you know what you hit you, the song is over until you play it again and again. Oh, okay. So what are the catchy, the catchiest songs that you put up there? So I, you think those are our catchiest songs? I put, 
Well, I was just going through memory. Lovey Dovey, BMW Man, Dick Jones, Cold Manor, She Hates My Job. Hmm. I, hmm. I just I just read a lot. And he was very Catholic about them, too. He, like, pulled them all off from different records. Mm-hmm. I, I, bravo, Gabe. <laughs> I tried to put one from every record when I was doing it, but it just... Yes, and you did. Well, not every almost. record, but different records. Yes. He even, he even got Hell You My Bum in there. Wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. All right. So go ahead. So I, uh, yeah, I think this song is is really good. And you know that thing we were talking about earlier, Andy, about overproducing tracks, mm-hmm. right? I don't think this song really came into focus for me until we started putting on more and more overdubs and backup vocals, like things that for the other songs, like let's not do that. Like for right. this song, that's when it, once the song started to get this almost 60s pseudo psychedelic vibe i was like right. that's where this song is sort of I mean, and manchester in a way too i always thought yeah yeah but like but all the ideas that we had were like you know like mom and papa's type mm-hmm. of ideas you know and and that's one of the reasons why i don't really like playing it live because it's so much better in the studio it it was a lot needs, going on. It needs the accoutrement. You know right, what I mean. Right. We even had you get out there and do some vocals because there was some stuff that I couldn't. Yeah, there quite was a hit. note. There was a note that nobody could hit, and I <laughs> gave it my best shot. I don't think I did yeah. very well either, but it was as as good as we were gonna do. We had Andy and Ryan bringing a ringer. Right. We had Andy and uh, Andy and Ryan get out there and try this note over and over, and it's the note like after the bridge. And um, and I and I was playing engineer, right? And, and it was I didn't think we were going to get it. We got it though. We got it. We got it good enough. Yeah, we got it. I was trying to remember. Did you tinker with the lyrics on this one? Was this one that you had to change a few times? I can't. I sort of feel like maybe that happened, but I don't really remember it that way. I don't know. This is one of those songs. I remember I was walking downtown to the the movie theater, and I pretty much uh, got all the lyrics. Right away. I don't think I tinkered with no, this. No, it was that I was the way it was always? Okay. We can skip the third degree. I'm to you, Apple. I'm ready to repeat the charade. I'm true into my love and come. A master class is shutting up. It's wallowing the mess that we made. All your lies. Hold and scare people back. All your Gabe, any final thoughts? Uh, I always, I always thought it was the catchiest song on the record, as far as it's poppy. a dance party. Come on, it's yeah, a dance party, the poppy song. It's very catchy. It's I, I love, I love those, uh, those, uh, those verses. Those verses are really catchy, and and, and that's one of the things that, uh, and I don't know who we got that from. We probably got it from REM, but the idea of like 
verses being catchier than the choruses, um, which I, I know is not what you're supposed to do, but I totally dig that. Oh, Wes What's always an example says, of an Wes always says, if you write a, write a chorus, then make that the verse and write a chorus. <laughs> That's a great idea. There are some other people that I know, and I don't want to mention them. They're like, write the chorus first and then just fill it in. That's, like, that's me. That sounds like the worst <laughs> way to write a fucking song. That's how I work. Well, uh, Scott, what are, what are R.E.M. songs that have catchier verses and choruses? Um, well, I, I, I think there's a lot of confusion with a lot of earlier R.E.M. songs about, uh, and, you know, they stopped this after a while, but, like, what is the chorus and and what is the verse? Because, you know, they would repeat lines a lot. And, and we did this a lot on the first record where, you know, there'd be the same line repeated over and over. And then the chorus, they repeat the same line and over and over. Um, I guess you can actually tell what is the verse and the chorus. But I, but I love that blurring of the line. Um, way to put me on the spot, Ben. I'm sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to. We'll cut that part out. No, 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 no. We're going to keep that. Well, I just saw them do Radio Free Europe on Letterman or something. Oh, so yeah. It is on Letterman. Yeah. I saw that, too. And then they do South Central Rain. Too new, yep. to, me, too yep. new, to, too new to be named. Right. And not even on a record that was out. No. Yeah. Right. Great. It was those too guys, new to Those guys got named. away with murder. Those guys probably had the best career in rock since like we, the Beatles even, you know? We were or listening. Zeppelin. Yeah, oh yeah, it's so good. We we were listening to uh, Little America the other day uh, on the way down to Florida because uh, we were driving through Georgia. I was like, well, let's listen to R.E.M. So we listened to Reckoning. And uh, that part in Little America when they're playing the chorus and it shifts into minor key for a second. You know what I'm talking about, Andy? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fucking brilliant. And I'm... And I was telling Justine, I was like, watch, it's going to do it again. And they didn't do it again. I misremembered it. I thought it came back one more time at the end. But it only does that for that one part. Gabe, right. you know what song I'm talking about? You no. don't. You no. should. You know, every time you talk about, you mentioned Greenville. And I go, another Greenville, another Magic Mart. Jefferson, drive it. Yes. Every time I talk about Greenville, you, you put this song about a boat in my head. Whatever it is. What's it called? It's, it's Little America. Okay. I just read a book, this is a complete aside, and I'll try and make it fast. I just read a book about Athens sort of from 78 till now, really. And they talked about, um, like, R.E.M. was sort of the poppy band, but then when they went away and went uh, and made Murmur, they sort of made an art record. It's very layered and very nuanced. Right. Yeah. And I always thought that um, Reckoning sounds like them rehearsing. It sounds like they basically set up the mics and said, blast it out, guys. Right, it was them trying to make a live record. That's what it sounds like to me. And a, then in a this, record that documents what they sound like live. And in this book, they actually quote Mitch saying, on the second record, man, they wouldn't let us do any studio shenanigans. They were like, no, they, they said no to everything. They were like, yeah. You know, and I, didn't, I, I guess I didn't really know that before. It was interesting because it's clearly obvious that that's what happened, you know. Completely stripped down, especially by their standards. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it, and then. Fables, which yeah. I've come to think is their best record, but uh, which they hated initially, and now doesn't stop saying it's his favorite. Record. I thought it was great. I liked it. That was when I got back into REM. Such a good record. Yeah, and it's you, great. You know what? I blame. Let's talk about mastering. I blame like the 
like the shitty cassette masterings. Yeah, maybe. Of, you're thinking that it's like a murky, shitty-sounding record. I think Because when you great. hear it properly remastered, oh, my God, it sounds great. Yeah. Ben, your thoughts? Uh, I loved R.E.M. until I hit full stop with them. Out of time. And then... Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm sort of with you there. Yeah, well... But then I came back around for Green. Or was Green before Out of Time? No, Green was before Green was that. before... Uh, but Automatic for the People is a great record. It is pretty great. Drive is pretty great. There's a bunch of stuff on there. That's Sweetness great. Follows. Yeah. Follow the River. Or is it Find the River? Night Swimming. Night Swimming oh. is great. Yeah. Oh. I even love Man on the Moon. Yeah, it's pretty I great. I don't care. It is. It's pretty great. It's so good. All right, we're talking about RM instead of local age. All right, I'm going to grab people. another. Focus I'm going to grab another one of these. Let me go Hold grab on. a beer. Is that too. a hard can we, can we can we take five and edit this out? We can't take five, but we can take one. One. Grab okay. a beer. We can take five. You know, what, you know what I love is, uh, speaking of Seinfeld jokes, you know, before Ben came up with a brilliant idea to split this uh, episode into side one and side two, I was like, oh my God, like, we're not going to make it. It's like that Seinfeld bit where they're talking about, you know it's going to be a two-parter when you're like looking at it and you're like, they don't have enough time. They're not going to make it. <laughs> and I felt it. like that with this. I was like, oh, my God, we're not even at the misanthrope yet, and we've been talking this long. We're not going to make it. I felt like when our first interview, I was like, finally, I was like, I, I, we got to pull the plug on this thing, man. Nobody is still awake, you know. You were the longest, and then fucking Murphy came along and, and Murphy shattered your took, record. took my crown. He oh, murphered Jeff. you. Something totally about murphy. these studio guys. They're long yeah. win- we're long-winded when you get us started. That's the problem. They got a lot to say. You might think we're quiet, but once we get started, <clears throat> it's hard to stop. They're sitting there behind the knobs right. going, I got a lot to say about this guy. Right. Well, they Murphy's asked. talking about the physical layout of the record heads and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Did he get into that kind of show? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. See, I didn't bore great. you guys with that crap. No, it was great. Was it? Dude, it was amazing. It was amazing. Cool. Wow. All right, moving on. Moving Gabe. on. Gabe. All right, is my volume okay still? <laughs> yes. Yeah, just keep your hand out, out of your mouse. I'm just checking it. Hold on. Uh, there we go. Okay. Uh, all right. Age group champion. Speaking of REM, right. going. This one I thought right. was going to be like the REM XRT hit. Yeah, I'm gonna, you can have the catchiest song. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Gabe. Go All right, I'm, ahead. I'm gonna, Gabe's got to do his bit. Okay, we're, we're jumping no, on his stuff. There are no rules anymore. Go ahead, Ben. This, I, I, the, I mean, this is the song that's always stuck in my head. Yeah. I can't believe you think Mansplainer is catchier than Age Group Champion. Come on. Yeah. Well, All right, here we go. I, I, I believe I, I, I have... You agree with Gabe? No, no, no. I, oh. I, I, th- I think I, 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 I can say that. All right, here we go. Age Group Champion. This song <laughs> is the furthest from Priest... But when I hear the word leather in a song, I always think of Judas Priest. Nothing You're proud I, of that line, aren't yes, you? Nothing I can do about that. <laughs> Scott uses a semi-clean guitar th- sound throughout the song, and it keeps the warmth of the song in the forefront. Not on every song, on every record, has to be heavy. Is a compliment that you can have 
bashers like the previous songs and come back with the age group champion and still pack a punch. To quote a famous person, it's called range, motherfucker. <laughs> check, check your truck balls at the door. This song ages well. <laughs> they, I just cracked myself up. Oh, I cracked myself no. up. All right, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that. Okay, what, the truck balls? No, age. Wait, check your truck balls. What? It's just saying you don't have to be macho on every song. Okay, no, I'm just talking about the song ages well. I, the song it, ages well. It's a good... It's good. That stinks like red eggs. No, no, it's it's good. Back me no, up. It's Somebody bad. back me up. With black flags at half mass, you're outclassed by your past. The last of the innocent men, the age group champion. Ben brought off the tape. He thought this was the catchiest song. Andy, you're like, why wasn't this an XRT hit? I thought that this would be the one. And and I, I've come, you know, but, you know, I thought that about all, I mean, I thought that about Eddie Vedder. I was like, this right, is the I thought, one. I thought that too. But you and were right. Never, you're always right. No, it never works out that way. It never works out that way. Because I have this idea. You were talking about shoes. Like, I have this classic ideal of what pop is and no one else shares I was it. just gonna say which most of the world doesn't share that's my don't thing share. too it's like share what I all. think is pop is like nobody else likes no, you know? no. no. well, well the thing you know, I'll tell you this though I sent this I sent the entire record to Ken Sumka who used to work for XRT and had a, a spot on the radio up in Milwaukee at the time and he immediately honed in on this track this was the one he wanted to play, and he did play it a lot. Like it might have been, like the most radio play that this record got anywhere in Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, they played it all they the time. They played this song in Milwaukee. They tried to break this song in Milwaukee, yeah. which was so cool, and it was very like it's very like old school, old seventy school. Like you know where they they would like go, we're gonna break this band. You know, I would have loved if that had happened, but you know it just wasn't gonna happen. But I think. If somebody else had taken this song, somebody could have done something with this song. I mean, I, I honestly believe that in some other universe or some other band's hands, this song could have been something. I mean, I, it's got all the it's got all the ingredients. It's got the coda chorus. Now, here, here we go. Now, yeah. here we go. Is this saving the chorus until the end, Gabe? Which part is at the end? I'm, I'm not. I'm the age group champion. I'm the age group champion. It saves it until the very end. Yeah, you you're right. Hear it before that. You're right. I, it's, I was thinking about another song, like "Still Loving You" by the Scorpions does that too. But this one, yeah, you're right. It does that. Fleetwood Mac pulls it off a lot. On oh rumors, yeah, rumors especially. Almost all those that's, songs have coda choruses. That's it. There it is. That's where most of it comes from. But and this, but this song is great. Because it's got 
an incredibly anthemic regular chorus, and then it's got that coda chorus, which is just as good. And you're like, fuck, yeah. I can sing this fucking thing all day in the shower. Let's talk about the telephone message. At the Let's the talk about the telephone oh, message. Is that Andy, next? would you please tell us the story about the telephone message guy? Oh, my friend. Did we ever know his name? Do we have a name for him? I can't remember. I don't think so. But you, you had how many months of messages from that guy? So this dude, he was like a, um, he was like Haley's Comet. Like, <laughs> it, would, it wouldn't happen for a long time and then it would happen in chunks for years like this went on for six years maybe i've determined that the the so i used to have like uh an answering machine way longer than (laughs) probably anybody should have of course you had an answering machine i had a a landline what's the problem i had a landline and answering machine like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> practically into the last decade. So anyway, I, I guess it was into the last decade. So yeah. anyway, this guy, I don't know how he got my number or what his beef with me was. And I determined that his area code was from Detroit. And he would just call me up. And, and it was always in the middle of the night. What his beef was with you. And he just like... I love the idea. That some guy's like, I'm going to get fucking Handy Gerber. Well, Fuck it, that I, motherfucker. It, it might have been that he was originally like looking to book a session or something. And then like I didn't get back to him because I didn't understand what the fuck he was saying for starters. Sure. Like maybe he was offended, so he just kept calling me. So he would just leave these crazy rambling <laughs> messages all the time. And around the time we we made um, Hey Killer was when he came back in the fucking orbit, man. And he was, it was all over the place. And the guys would come in. I'd be like, oh, you got to hear this one. And I'd hear play what he had done the night before. And finally, I don't know what the uh, idea was but finally it was like decided like okay let's put some of this shit on the fucking record so we recorded a bunch of it and lashed together some nonsense and it kind of made sense <laughs> it totally made sense i mean it was like it was crazy how perfect it was he was like he's talking and he also you know leo the lion he, he yeah he talked he, about the lions and they do he have gods about lifers he completely saw it he was like nostradamus this motherfucker and like you know he was talking about leo and gods and you know all this kind of stuff and i was just like oh my god this is perfect like he's talking about religion during this entire thing and it was just so good and it's still it's still part of my you know, it's on your phone. Time, it's on my phone. Every time I get an email, it comes in and goes, well, well, well. And that's like he would always start his messages like that. Well, 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 <laughs> million yeah. <laughs> so are you saying that like he was like, fuck this guy. Well, 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 fancy Andy. I don't know. Like, I have no idea. This would this is like one of the great mysteries of the universe. <laughs> like who this dude was and why he was doing it. Maybe it was somebody we know and I was just getting fucking prank like it was this was gabe. the longest running joke yeah it was gabe gabe you motherfucker but yeah this was like so you going never on for you years never, you never spoke to him 
I never spoke to him. I don't think I ever even tried calling him back. I had his number at some point, but now it's long gone. But yeah, he was, oh my God. Well, sometimes Andy would like sleep next to the phone at night, you know, with a little blanket. And he was like, I'm going to get him tonight. That's right. This is the time. Uh, And then, uh, and then he'd go, ah, he's not calling. And then, you know, he'd go sleep upstairs and come back the next day. He was like, oh, well, 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 well. Oh, it's what a crazy! Good. And hey, I have to say this, and it might have to do with me like canceling my landline. But I, I don't think I ever heard from him again after the, <laughs> after the Hey Killer session. Well, but once he made the album. He was he his mission was accomplished. <laughs> that's right. That's he what he maybe just wanted star. to get a local. He just wanted to get on a local H record. That's all he was gunning for. Maybe that was it. I, I got my million yen session. Oh, oh man, I love Detroit. Well, well. Okay, so maybe then the calling studio, okay, so um the animal situation, you know, and so forth and so forth. I found many problems for the animal um or insect um uh, populations. But they do that they do have gods, you know, the animals have gods, you know, heal the lions of God. Uh so they those another motherfucker that stick another animal in the back to us, the gods. Everybody's off shit and tell them to take tennis. So uh Gabe, we're ready for John the Baptist Blues. Are you still there? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, we hear you. Okay. Here you we go. You haven't touched your mouse once, has he been? I mean, it's no. pretty amazing. Yeah. I, I got. I'm reading this off another screen. I got three screens. Here we go. That's what always. Oh, now you have on. three screens. There's, there's stuff going on, three. man. All right. You've I've all been three. Dos uno, dos tres. <laughs> Susie right. Quattro. If he had a four screen, it would be Susie Quattro. Of all the tracks on Hey Killer, John the Baptist Blues is the best. Wait, say that again. <laughs> Baptist? Are you getting drunk? I am. Gabe's it's getting, getting late. It's getting late. John the Baptist Blues is the best to hear live in concert. I think the guys can open a show with this one, or they can end the show. You got some friends who may be new to Local H? Play this one. They will be converted for life. Six minutes of balls to the wall rock. Just when you thought it was over, the guys break it down with some funky reverse riff, drum part, that is mesmerizing. The song finishes with madness all around. I remember Scott talking about how this album had a few themes, including blues and religion. There may be one hey. more. Either way, crank it up. And death. This one's definitely got all three. Can't argue with that. Yeah. Okay, so either, either way you crank it up, is that what you're saying, Gabe? Yes. Crank it up. Crank it. Okay. Uh, I think there's a definite rush thing going on with this song. Andy? I've always said that. Thoughts? That there was definitely that one guitar solo I always called the uh, Bitor on the Snow Dog solo. Oh, dude. <clears throat> it's it's one of my favorite guitar, guitar solos that I've ever recorded. Uh, it is so... I'm like, wait, what guitar did I use on that? <laughs> it was a 335, I think, which is so Alex. That was not a 335. I think it was. That had to be... I think it was my 335. That had to be your Dan Electro. For the solo? For that solo? For the license? I think it's either that or it's the strat on the neck pickup. I think it was the 335. I could be wrong. I think you are. I might have it marked on the track because sometimes I would write down what guitar it was for the track. So That would have been cool if you had showed up to this uh, interview <laughs> show with like little special some, stuff like some, that some never mind all right so come on i've we, given tons of insight here please so we've got john the baptist blues 
right there in the title, it has religion and death. It has all of it, it has in it the all. title. Because John the Baptist implies death, implies religion, and it's the blues. So there, yes. there you go. You can't. Yeah, well, can't. I see these lyrics, and, and there's one thing that is really wrong King Heron Blues. Now, this is no disturbance <laughs> at the Heron House. No. It's King Herod Blues. Oh, uh, that's, that's like Bush League. The whole reason for this song's existence is to show off Ryan, yes. pretty much. And you've always said that. Yeah, I mean that was the thing. It was like let's let's take this, let's see what this guy can do, and let's show people what he can do. And uh, something interesting about the riff that is um, when we play it live, it's it's open to the ninth fret, open to the tenth fret. But we recorded it so you could get the so you could hear the movement. So it's first fret, tenth fret, first fret, eleventh fret. So we would uh, we tuned it down a half step, right? And we put that in there, right? That that's what we did, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was this was a riff that I had given to uh, that band Lions. They went on tour with us from Austin, right. mm-hmm. and they didn't want it. Uh, but the song was called uh, "Let No One Fall," and they ended up titling their EP "Let No One Fall," and I just took the riff back and. And and change the lyrics to to fit my death religion blues triptych thing going on. Have you heard from them since? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talk to those guys all the time. They're great. They're. Uh, I was just listening to one of their records today. Nice, nice. Uh, what else? I mean, there's really nothing else to say about the song, huh? This tune, like, are there any more? This one, can't, this was pretty easy to do. Like, it was, you know, Ryan played great, so that was great. I remember we tinkered with the lyrics a bit. You, I mean, you knew what you wanted to say, but there was a few lines that we kind of struggled right. with, and I was, like, kind of pulling a Metallica psychologist, feeding you guys lines here and there that you would, yeah, that's, uh, that's great, Andy. Uh, okay. It's like the swinging like a Judas. I think I kind of was there in the room when we, what was it that before? together? I can't remember, but like I remember. No, nah, no, nah, I think you walked in and said that's a good lyric. Yeah. Basically. Well, that's what I'm not saying. I wrote it. I'm saying I was there when it happened. I was I'm in saying the you room. Definitely didn't write it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tracks that i was like holy shit this really works and the fact that you at the very end my own horn this is a really weird episode to do guys (laughs) because it's all me like oh man what about me i'm pretty fucking don't don't strain Uh, yourself patting yourself on the back about me what do you think about me yeah yeah i i thought this is a good idea for an episode and i (laughs) you realize how narcissistic it really was yeah it really (laughs) 
No, it's really it's. Bad. I think it's great. I think for for people listening, for fans, even like for me, it's great to hear you talk positively about your stuff because I think your default is not that, and I think that's true for like most. But I think fans are secretly hoping to hear that the artists themselves are as happy with the stuff as they are. So, well, I I think it's very um, hip and cool to say that you don't listen to your shit. Right. Right. Um, and you you see that all the time, or or you hear that all the time with actors. Like I never watch myself. In I've never seen the movie, right? I've never right. seen the final and, cut. Yeah, and it's like, well, maybe you should because it's <laughs> fucking sucks. You know? <laughs> the thing I love about this tune too is the fact that you scream "Hey, killer!" over and over at the end of it. Like all of a sudden you're <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, hey, killer!" That's right. <laughs> right, right, yeah. That's something that that. Gabe likes as well. You not not that he likes that about this song, but that Gabe and I like songs that aren't title tracks, but actually are title tracks. Right, right, right. Gabe. Like, I didn't even know what did say "Hey Killer" in the song. It's the last lines of the song, Gabe. Come on, I have you listened to this then. record? You know, are you familiar with the record "Hey Killer" by Local Age? What have I been thinking this whole time? What am I thinking? I don't even know. <laughs> What are you saying? Right, let's just keep, let's keep what are you saying? He just saying. said what he was saying. Are you kidding? You don't know what it says, hey, killer, at the end? No. <laughs> I thought you were always saying, hey, John. What are you saying, hey, John? No? Oh. Are you joking? Are you fucking oh. with me? Play it. Play the song. Hold on a second. I'm going to find it. Pause. Cut this out. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you gotta go to the end. Go to the very end. Hang on a second. Oh, I thought you were saying, hey, Diller. Like it was a Phyllis Diller thing. Hey, Diller. Sounds like the end of that podcast about the scorpions and the winds of change. When Klaus Minus goes, no. 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 I thought you were saying, hey, John, this whole time. I never knew you were saying Hey Killer. Oh, oh I had the Hey Killer, the last Hey Killer that I had in the track was so much better than that. No, it the wasn't. World, you're, the world you're truly high. missed out. Hey, can you're one high. of you send me all these things that didn't make it? We'll throw those in as you're talking about. Does anybody have I, that Andy stuff? Can, Andy can. I could. I'm not, so I'm you, you thought it said Hey John. Yes, hey, I can't John. be the only one that thinks You that. clearly were not paying much attention, Gabe. Come on. Wait, 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 I thought you liked on. this record. Hold on. Listen. Hold on. Game's serious right now. I'm, I'm not joking. Hey, John. Yes, John the Baptist hey. Blues. If you so, look at the genius the, lyrics, it does alternate between Hey John and Hey Killer. Does it? I'm not the only one. Yeah. Okay. pretty. That bar is pretty low right there. Maybe it's no, no. All, oh, wait. Hey John, Hey Killer. Oh, my God, that's oh. lame. So... So you you thought Hey John, where are you going with that gun in your hand? So you thought that the uh the climax climax of the record was Hey John. Hey John. Hey John. Hey John. And I'm not the only one. The internet says it too. Oh the what does the internet know? Haven't we discussed this? Hey John. Oh I told Gabe, you I'm not a lyrics you, person. I'm, you, I'm not in the lyrics. You are the gift that keeps on giving, my man. <laughs> You're welcome. 
Jesus Christ. That's when I thought my life was as good as it could get. What color is that it vinyl going to be, better. Gabe? It's bubblegum. Bubble gum. Bubble gum. Bubblegum vinyl of Hey Killer I'm, by Bubble Local Bubble John. Bubble John. I wanted, I, had a, I wanted to have a scent on that. <laughs> Make it smell like bubble It should gum. be in smell a, smell, smell a, smell a vision. Ben's tapping what out. Was, He's like, all right. <laughs> I'm just thinking about retitling the album, Hey John. Hey John. Hey, hey John. Oh man, it just puts in a different light, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it certainly does. Gabe, <laughs> uh, wow. All man. I can say is wow. You know what? what? What's what's the line that Michael Rooker says to Gabe uh, in Cliffhanger, played by Gabe, played by uh, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone? And, and, and Ben. Yes. Here's a movie that Gabe has seen, Cliffhanger, oh. and you know why he's seen it because a character Sylvester named Gabe. Stallone plays a character named Gabe. And somebody like, yeah. told him that, and so he got into it. Is that, I, is that how that happened? I just realized it after we started watching the movie. We were we saw it in the theater somewhere. It's a fucking great movie. It's one of my favorites. But is it? My, uh, I think it's great. I, I still love it. Michael Rooker. The, the opening to, scene is a fantastic. Oh, isn't that one of the best scenes? It's right up there with the, the the shark eating Sam Jackson scene. Mm-hmm. In uh, yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, no. Michael Rooker doesn't say it to Gabe, so this whole story has fallen apart. But he says it to the guy who played uh, Pa Walton. What does he right? say? Who who played the dad in the Waltons? Wow. Ben, are you looking it up right yeah. now? Who is that? All right, so he says to the guy from the Waltons, he goes. Whatever the Walton's guy name is, he says, yeah, you know what? You look like a normal guy, but you're not. That's you, Gabe. You look like a normal guy, <laughs> but, but you're not. not. That, that should be on my headstone. Yeah, it should be, and it will be, my friend, because <laughs> I will make sure it happens. <laughs> Speaking of death. We're talking about the last song now? Yeah, let's talk about the last song. All right, Ralph Waite. Ralph Waite's the guy from Walton's. Ralph Is it Ralph Waite? Yeah. Not is he's not related to John Waite, is he? I don't think so. Okay, so before we go to the last song, I'm gonna tell you my John Waite story and oh, that's right. Ben Riser, you're gonna like this one. Or else. Mm-hmm. Uh so we used to be uh uh managed by um Gold Mountain entertainment they managed sonic youth and nirvana and the breeders and all the band but they also managed john Waite. so i'm in the office their office one day in new york hanging out and in walks john Waite. and and one of the women that worked there she goes oh john hi how are you he's like oh yeah just thought i'd pop by is he's australian right english english English, okay good i just thought i'd pop by and and she goes, oh, well, have a seat. And he goes, oh, lovely. And he sits down, and, uh, and she goes, hey, this is Scott. He's in a band called Local H. And he's like, oh, all right. And and then, like shakes my hand, <laughs> and she goes, and she goes, she goes, this is John Waite. I go, cool, you know, because I don't give a fuck about John Waite. You know, I had I didn't know who the babies were at that point. Sure. And you know, all I knew was his bullshit songs. So I'm kind of like, oh, cool, yeah, John Waite. I don't want to be in this room anymore. So I'm sitting there, <laughs> and we're sitting next to each other. And we're both looking for- forward, and then he starts going, missing you, 
Are you kidding I me? Ain't missing you. No. Starts singing his song. <laughs> to remind you of who he in was. In an effort to remind me who he was. And I was like, ew. Wow. It's like, I know who you are. I just don't give a fuck. That's messed up. Uh, yeah. So, my so cover, I thought you'd like that story, Ben. I do my like cover band's story. been doing a change <laughs> off of his first solo record, which is a great song that Holly Knight wrote. Scott, uh, yeah. not Scott. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike Chapman's partner. Mike Chapman. Yes. It all comes back to Chapman. That's all, always comes back to Chapman. We were talking about we were talking about him last week with the with Murphy. This yeah. song, it's a great song. Murphy. We do a rock and verse. This would be this would be a good uh, local age cover. Well, stop doing it. You remember this jam? Of course I do. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Gabe, do you remember it? Is there more than is there more than one John Wheat? You know, it's interesting. John Wheat. Well, that baby you know song by. But is great. What's the, what's the hit? Uh, they hear the uh, bunch of um, head the first. Da, da, head first da, 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 was great. Back on my you know feet again was great. Uh, head yeah. first was great. Um, Maybe it's back on my feet. Every time again. I think of you. F- every time I think of you. Right. What's up? Back on my feet again is the one. Right then. Uh, this is. Do you know this, Gabe? Because I think you love this song. Yeah, I know this song. This is 80s. Told myself I get by without love. But what's interesting? Okay, so Holly Knight wrote change and her band spider which chapman produced and that's how he i think met holly knight did a version of changes and it's who's holly knight holly knight is a songwriter she wrote um love is a battlefield with chapman oh really and she wrote about a bunch of hits so she wrote change for her band spider and it's so different than the john white version i don't even know because neil giraldo from pat penitar's band produced that john white record and it's so different than what Spider did. It's crazy. This is not the song I'm thinking of. Okay. No. Oh, Play Head First. Head First is our best jam. Isn't it time? Isn't it's it very time? similar to this. Isn't but it time? Isn't it time is the other one that kicks ass. Oh. And this isn't is the one is that this Gabe's going to listen to yeah. all the time. This is it. Gabe, you know this jam? No. Oh, dude, this is your new favorite song. I'm telling you. It's a guy singing. Yeah, Sean, wait. He ain't missing you. You Oh, I know this song. (laughs) He's got that David Bowie haircut. Yeah, we all did. It's the same song. (laughs) They're all the same song. This is earlier. This is like disco. But that was better. Oh, you shouldn't have cut it. Head first is a jam. You know that one, right? Come on, Gabe. That's a hook. This sounds like... All right, it's done. All right. right. We've heard enough. Gabe, salt mine. (laughs) All right, here we go. I am a salt mine. I'm not going to pretend that I know what the song is about. To me, this is hot yoga after a hard workout. Much needed. Wait, 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 wait. All right, first of all, thank you for not after a hard workout. Are you hot thank yoga? you for not pretending that you don't know what the song is about. But, but uh, what's a hot yoga after a hard workout? I don't know. I don't even do yoga, and I don't work out either. But yeah. I, don't think, I know. I don't think you'd want a hot <laughs> yoga after a workout. I don't think that would be. You know, good. there's an axiom when it comes to writing: write what you know. 
my wife <laughs> my wife just started yoga, so it's it's been on my mind, and that's what I was talking about. Oh, wow! Well. If it's not in the Molly Ringwald movie or on Welcome Back, Cotter, it's my wife figuring it out or something. I don't know. Anyway, Gabe. the sound of the hunting guitar. Gabe listen, the sound of the hunting guitar with the vocal effects seeping through is a great blend of layers here. More slide guitars and this masterpiece of an album. Maybe the slide guitars are subliminally keeping you riveted to this album. I think it's just great song. I'd like to go back and find out how many songs have a slide guitar on, on them from Hey Killer. Enough cannot be said about the production of this album, which is a credit to Andy Gerber. Scott and Ryan raised yes. raise yes. the bar on this yes. one, which future albums are going to need to rise above. And in quotes, I think we all know how that turned out. And then I just say, this this was fun. Maybe I should do this on other albums. What do you, what do you think? What do I think? About- what do other people think? I, I think, yes, we should do this. But I also think that... I should I should take a writing class? No, not at all. <laughs> Listen, you're no Edgar Allan Poe, but you're all right. You're no Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> okay. But that was my take. Pretty good, Gabe. This is fun. And, and, and uh... Yeah. And, and and it's touching for me to hear your thoughts on, on this stuff. So, uh, you know, but Salt Mine is Andy made me sing in one of those uh, fucked up microphone. Like, what, what was that microphone that you made me sing to? Um, I have a bunch of old EVs that were, are, some of them are kind of broken and that's why they sound cool. Um, I can't remember which one we used exactly, but it was one of those guys. Well, and we also like we mic'd we did a bunch of weird stuff where we like mic the room. Like I think you you played guitar into the the case amp, right? Do you remember that? Right. Right, right. And I had like, you know, you you sang into the vocal mic and So explain what a case amp is. The case amp Silvertone, uh Sears in the early 60s, you could buy a guitar that it was basically made by Dan Electro. It's actually good guitars. Um that's where Pagey Pagey got right. his Dan Electro from Sears down the street um, when he played at the uh, Kinetic Playground in Chicago on Lawrence. But uh, the amp had a little tube, or the case had a little tube amp built into it. So basically, you could buy for your kid th- the complete rig, you know? You basically had a guitar, you open up the case, you plugged into it and plugged it in and you were rocking. So it, it sounds great. It's this crappy little amp in, in the case. And... Uh, so Scott sang, played live into that, and Ryan played percussion or something too, right? Didn't he? Didn't he participate somehow, or was it just you? I don't think there's no. It's I just think you. you guys both sat in there and said, "Because I preferred the second take," and you guys. We said no. Me it's got to be the first take. take. No, we went with the first take. No, no, you guys forced me to go with the second take. I mean, no, you forced me to go with the first take. Right. I wanted to go with the second take. But the first take was perfect. Uh, the second take was not as good. I thought it was better. No, it was not. There was some. There were you had something maybe vocally that you were self conscious about, but as a whole, it was way better on the first take. But we had like, like I said, it was it wasn't like just a mic on a guitar amp and a mic on your vocal. We kind of mic the room. I know we stuck a mic in the bathroom right. um, with the door open. And right, I think, which was what Gabe was talking about the the, the bathroom vocal. Yeah, which yeah, is that's like sort of weird. when we do vocals, and Andy always puts a mic in the bathroom. And that's where we get all the, like, 
David Bowie type sort of, of natural, heroes natural yeah. sort of ambience, weird, weird right. sounds. So yeah, that's it's. We sort of created this soundscape um, for Scott to perform live because we wanted. Because one thing, like sometimes we have the idea of like, oh, we should do this live. And you do it, and then you're always like, okay, so now let's fix this, that, and the other thing. It's like, no, 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 let's yeah. let's really fucking do it. Like, yeah. you're going to, you know, uh, acetate yeah. or whatever, like, you know, yeah. old blues recording. So we set up all this crazy shit, and we did it, and it was great, and we did two takes, and Scott was like, I like the second take better. I was like, no, no, the magic's in the first take. So we took the first take over Scott's will, added a few things. Objections. Ob- objections. And another interesting thing is you, you had told me the whole time we were making this record, you're like, no, no, there's one more song. There's this acoustic song we're going to do at the very end. I was like, okay. So I had never heard it, literally, until we recorded which was, I think, I think we mixed everything. It was done, right? And then we recorded that. Were we done with mixing? Or did we? Maybe. I think we were that done sounds... with mixing. I think we were done with everything. Right. And it was just like, okay, now we got to do this one last session. And we did it. And I had heard about the tune for months, but I had never heard it. And... You know, then he went out and fucking did this song. I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. And uh, it was easy, again, because it just, you know, it was organic. And you you nailed it. And what you hear on the recording is what you fucking did first take. It worked. The- yeah, it sounds, sounds old-timey. You know, it sounds like a Victrola. I love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's another thing that happened to me. Uh, I, I woke up one morning and uh, there was a spider bite on my leg. And and it got worse, and I was like itching it, and like skin started to come off. Oh, like talk about Lazarus, skin started to come off, and I was like, oh. So I wrapped it up and tried to ignore it for like a day or two, and uh, I was like, and then I unwrapped it, and my entire leg was black, and like skin was coming off, and yeah, so I was like, you got to go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor, and the guy goes. I'm glad you came to see me. That's a brown recluse bite, and you almost lost that leg. Yeah. Where did you so, Where did you get that bite? I think in my fucking house, man. Here? And I in saw, Chicago? In Chicago. No I, in shit. In Chicago. So here, here, here's a lesson, kiddies. Don't leave laundry on the floor, because spiders like to hang out in the laundry on the floor. And I think that's what happened. So that line in there where, uh, woke up again with my clothes on. Uh, it says the lyrics are wrong. It's a heavy air left the stove on. I mean, that's something I used to do all the time. You you put the, the tombstone pizza in and you and you pass out and you forget, <laughs> you know, that's in there. And then uh, it says lost my leg to a brown recluse. I was a gold mine turned to a salt mine. Uh, these lyrics. I mean, there's something about the end of this record that like. It rhymes with what we were talking about with uh, one of us, where it's like there's nothing, there's nothing uh, sad about this. Like people sometimes choose a life that not everybody wants, and sometimes people want to melt down. Sometimes people want to destruct. Sometimes people don't want the fucking same things that everybody else wants and it's not that tragic you know sometimes people just can't handle the bullshit and and i don't mean it to sound romantic because it's not but uh but it's also not this sad tragedy that people make it out to be and so there's definitely uh 
an interesting, well, to me, an interesting rhyme, the end of this record, I mean, the end of this side with the end of the first side. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's hard to know how much of that was was on purpose or how much of that just happened. But um, I don't know. I mean, we should always try to get at something. You know, I mean, I, I, I shouldn't be even talking about stuff like this. It's, it feels like, I feel like a real asshole talking about it. But it's interesting to me listening to this record today that, that the end of side two and the end of side one rhyme in that way. Of people who are like, yeah, you know, I pissed what it I all choose. away, but but I I, cho- I chose it, yep. and it's like, what was what was what was your alternative that you were offering? Eh, I don't need it. It's like Gabe going, what replacements? Nah, I, I don't want it. <laughs> you right? Oxygen? Who needs it? <laughs> yeah, who, who wants it? Not for me. Confuse your muse in a full bar. Crack the code of my lone star Channel 7, local news I'm out of options It's what I choose I'm a salt mine It's what I choose That's what I choose Up again with my clothes on. Oh, have you ever left the stove on? I lost my leg to a brown recluse. I was a gold mine, turned to a salt mine. It's what I choose. So Ben, what do you what do you got? Did you pull up any reviews that that uh, we we need to address on on what no. do people think about this record when <laughs> well, it was okay. coming out? Well, I don't know about when it came out. I, I didn't do any of that nonsense. 
But you didn't do any of that? No, was I supposed that was, to? Was I that, was I gonna, were, did I get to sign that? I'm, I thought I'm, you were going to 70 movies of the 70s, this thing. I, I know I sent you that email. Yeah, maybe you did. Let's give him a second. We can cut this out. This is going to be good. It's like a shark. And what we have to admit, what we have here is a dead shark. <laughs> ben. I'm reading all there? the I'm reading all those all these reviews that were Okay, well pick one, read it, do your your thing cuz I know we're going to get some gold out of it. Okay. I, I remember I at least one review called it lo-fi and or, and like in a positive way like wow this is great lo-fi shit and I'm always whenever I hear that I'm like god damn it I tried yeah. to make like a slick big rock record yeah, right. <laughs> you're calling it right. lo-fi you fucker failed again Andy right. Gerber Short I don't of the know mark. what this guy Once is again. talking about this is consequence right. not consequence oh, okay. of sound just All right. consequence uh, this consequence review is pretty good go Ben Reiser did I say this guy's name who gives a fuck? Okay. The two-piece studio incarnation of Illinois. Yes, say his name. David Buchanan. <laughs> David Buchanan. He wrote this. David Buchanan. He posted what do you got to say, David? Put on David. notice. There we go. He posted this thing April 15th, 2015 at 11 p.m. Eastern time. Jesus Christ. The two-piece studio. You're going to go at him this hard. The two-piece studio incarnation of Illinois Local H has an appeal to nearly every alternative genre under the sun. The grunge of As Good As Dead's radio staple bound for the floor, the shoegaze narcissism of whatever happened to PJ's souls, an ambitious EP covering everyone from Pink Floyd to the Misfits, all phenomenal. That was that was ambitious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A covers record was ambitious. Very ambitious, yes. You know, you know that 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 PJ Souls record, uh, shoegaze. Shoegaze. <laughs> like that's, that's the last. Record. That's the last thing I would describe yeah. PJ as. Shoegazer. Co- Shoegazy. But that covers record? Ambitious. Ambitious. <laughs> Go on, Ben. Uh, all phenomenal, yet mainstream presence continues to elude vocalist, permanent member Scott Lucas' work ethic. After, yes, it does. After trading out longtime drummer and Chicago percussion favorite Brian St. Clair for Ryan Harding in the last year or so, Lucas' songwriting became fueled strictly by fan support. While rumors circulated that his 25-year pseudo-reign in alt-rock was waning. Then okay, all right. Let's just break this down for a second. <laughs> Rumors. Oh, this is like shooting fish in a barrel, though. Come on, uh, it's something else. But uh, but uh, all right. Fueled by fan support, mm. he's clearly alluding to what we talked about with mm-hmm. the uh, the pledge music thing. Yeah. Right. But but can you read that line again for me, Ben? About the pseudo alt rain rain yeah. didn't he just say yeah. your success eluded you but you've got a rain right no, he's saying that he's saying that I, I occupy a place and I, I i like this place that he's saying that i occupy i actually adore it but you know well, first of all it's like the it's it's like the uh, spinal tap line it's like their appeal is becoming more selective. Mm-hmm. Th- that, that's been my life for the past 20, 30 years. Well, I don't understand what, what, what he, this is a gibberish while rumors circulated. What are you talking about? What rumors circulated? Rumors. While rumors circulated. I don't know. I don't know, but it sounds pretty cool, yeah. right? While People rumors circulated that his 25 year pseudo reign in alt rock was waning. <laughs> 
Okay, all right. Pseudo rain. Basically, let's move on. <laughs> right. Pseudo rain. Basically, this guy rain. had no rain. He's a. Should I go so to the next I'm review? I'm an emperor with no clothes. It's, no, 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 no. Okay. This review is great, okay. my friend. Keep going. Then, hate killer happened, and all was mildly copacetic once again. Wah, wah. Couldn't resist, could he? No, he hasn't, he hasn't resisted a single resist. thing. No. He couldn't resist. And damned with, damned with faint <laughs> praise as well. Mildly. So, mildly. The key mildly. word here is killer. Exchanging sparse lo-fi for plays on stoner metal riffs. Was this okay, my was it, this my lo-fi friend? See now, if if this was uh, the he's one, he's exchanging lo-fi. Andy, for one, you've yeah. you've you misread it. Yeah, maybe. Mm. And the metal, he, he the two songs he references for the stoner metal riffs are the Last Picture Show in Zion, and Leon and the Game of Skin. Those are your stoner. Okay, metal I can riffs. see Zion's kind oh of stoner God. metal. <laughs> hey, do you guys remember when we were talking about? Uh, last picture show in Zion three years ago. <laughs> yeah, three hours ago, three hours and fifteen minutes ago. Four years ago. Remember when we started talking about uh, this record? Four and seven uh-huh. years ago. Yeah. I think you touched your mouse, Gabe. <laughs> no. Hands off the mouse. Oh, uh, Gabe, you were doing so good. I didn't touch the mouse. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, you did. No, Don't I didn't. Touch the mouse, Gabe. I was just sitting far away from the mic. Well, why would you do that? Because it's 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. All right. We're going to wrap this up for Gabe. You know, it's 1.15 in the morning okay, for me. Okay, 1.15. I'm, I'm 15 minutes ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Scott, you're still in Georgia, right? I am in uh, South Carolina. South so Carolina. I'm, I'm breathing down Gabe's neck. <laughs> oh, my God. He can't get away. Can't, you can't get by. Okay. So he's. you've got stoner metal riffs. You've got delicate dances between prog and punk. The misanthrope and freshly fucked. Wait, are, are, are you? I'm, is I'm, this what he wrote? This is what he wrote. You're not. I'm not doing anything. Okay. All right. Uh, he's listing out all the songs and he's telling you what they are in his okay. opinion. Start with Stoner Metal Riffs, Last Picture Show in Zion, and Leon the Game of Skin. Okay. Delicate Dances Between Prague and Punk, The Misanthrope and Freshly Fucked. What? How is there anything Prague about Freshly Fucked? And if you want to talk about Prague, it's Leon, right? Uh, but, uh, Leon and John the Baptist. I digress. And Go a on. plethora of shouted verses that make listeners feel like chastised toddlers. John the Baptist yeah, Blues that, and Mansplainer. That's what I do, apparently. <laughs> Local H's three key ingredients, fuzz, enthusiasm, and sarcasm, are all taken to pissed off extremes as the Lucas Harding duo simultaneously plays victim and victor in a world where gritty re- re- gritty reboots are king. What does that? No mean? fucking idea. <laughs> gritty reboot. Okay, let's think. Of, is he saying of, you guys Batman? are you guys are a gritty reboot? Is that what no, is he he's saying? Clearly talking about a, a movie. Yeah. I mean, are we talking about Batman? I mean, what is he talking about? Twenty fifteen. Is he is he talking about like? Sex in the City? <laughs> uh, either it took the son of Zion a decade to realize he could yell at someone other than an ex-girlfriend. Okay. Oh, snap. This. <laughs> this I got to take umbrage with. Listen, motherfucker. <laughs> What's this guy's name again? David. Uh, Buchanan. Buchanan. Right? David Buchanan. All right, David Buchanan. Brick face. Uh, I've been yelling at 
people far bigger than my ex-girlfriends for years now, fuckface. This is bullshit. You can yell at ex-girlfriends. Fuck you. Either it took the son of Zion a decade to realize he could yell at someone other than an ex-girlfriend, or he took a cue from Stroke Nine, figuring. All right, Stroke all right. Nine. Second of, what? Sec, second of all, I don't take I don't take cues from Stroke Nine. Does anybody right. even remember who Stroke Nine is? Stroke, no, I remember. I know who great they guys. Are. They're great guys. They take cues from me. By the way, Stroke Nine, my buddies, they cover High Five Motherfucker, which is about taking on big, thick neck motherfuckers who need to go down. I made my bones on yelling at those people. So you can fuck off with your <laughs> whatever you're trying to say that, like, I beat up on women type of bullshit. Or, Go on, ben. or he took a cue from Stroke Nine, figuring a shouting match with your crowdfunding fan base is a guaranteed win. Listen, I'm not shouting. What's this guy's name again? Buchanan. Buchanan. See, I can't even remember your fucking name because who the fuck are you? <laughs> I don't shout at my crowdfunding audience. Okay, like I did it once. You fuckface and uh, kicking and screaming. By the way. Yeah, pretty much. Kicking and screaming, kicking and screaming, and I don't think anybody had a problem with with the result, you know, Every, except my liver. Everybody was pretty uh, stoked about it. Stroked about it. Everybody was stroked um, about it, man. But what was the what was the other point? Oh yeah, crowdfunding. I scream at my audience. Yeah, I don't scream at my audience. My audience is screaming along with me. Right. The, here's something. What's his name again? <laughs> Gabe. That guy. Dave B David Buchanan. David Buchanan. Here's here's a little th thing that I like to uh, live by, and maybe you should too. The louder you are, the more fun you have. Uh, it's not a bad way to live your life. Go on, Ben. Hate killer is not. And here's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hate killer is not the definitive local H album. No, I didn't say it was. And one can David. be forgiven if thinking it were actually a middle-class rut release. Oh, Ooh, he wants to take a he wants to take a fucking swing, particularly as the closing tracks taper into psychosis. You know who's tapering into psychosis? <laughs> Me listening to this. Alternatively, what are you eating? Chips? I'm eating chips. I'm snacking. It's Alternatively, late. you should have popcorn for this. Alternatively, hey, Scott chips. Lucas has proven two things. He can write a kick-ass alt-metal record in his sleep, and Ryan Harding is the best thing to happen to local H percussion since 2004's Heavy Metal Bake Sale. All right, that's cool. Thank you, David Buchanan. But is this record that alt-metal? Like, like, I've read a few things about how it's metal. Uh, Gabe, you're an expert in metal. I think that's a true statement, but uh, this is not metal. I mean, the closest to metal would be like. Wait, John what's the, the true blues. statement that you're an expert in metal? Yes, <laughs> yeah, expert in metal. That's the true statement. Yes, Ben. Yes, that's the true statement. I was wondering that too. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm no Eddie Trunk or anything, but I, I feel like I'm. I can. I can Who? Ed, you know Trunk. your way around a Scorpions does, record? Is that what you're trying to say, Ed, Gabe? Does Eddie Trunk have a review of this record? Because that I want to hear. I don't think so. You know Eddie Trunk from that metal show, VH1. He's got his own podcast. You know. Nah. Nah, nah, you know who he is. I'd... No, I don't. Anyway, it's not my jam. There's, don't tell me who I know. There's there's a few 
things in here that might be considered metal. I, I mentioned Judas Priest. It's only because you because <laughs> leather Judas Priest because it wasn't Judas Priest just because it mentions leather. No, I, I think leather the, and lace. No, the, the, the line where it? you say "I believe you'll recover" it reminds me of Turbo Lover because it rhymes. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. <laughs> now you're free associated. All right, Gabe, Gabe Buchanan. <laughs> uh, it's We're not up to the last metal. line of this review. Let me get through this fucking thing. Hey, Killer doesn't live up to 90s. Well, holy shit. That wasn't the end I of the I thought we were done with this unfortunately. Oh, my okay. goodness gracious. Hey, Killer doesn't live up to 90s fare because it isn't the damn 90s. However, it does lend both a loathsome and delicious permutation to their diverse catalog. Deli- I just think this guy is all about throwing words out there that he doesn't really care. Loathsome and, and yeah. delicious? Yeah. He can't decide what he thinks. Loathsome? <laughs> And deli- what's loathsome? Means dislikable. Unlikable. Unlikable. <laughs> Unlikable. Yeah. Ben, do you want to do another one? Because this is. Yeah. One uh, more. This is either the worst or the funnest. This is uh, Sputnik music. Oh, shit. But they gave these it. These guys are. They gave it a 3.5. No, which these they guys say is great. Out of 10. No, I think out of 10. 10. <laughs> no. Come on. <laughs> I remember uh, this Ben's, guy. Jen's I remember, pecking to make sure. I remember this guy positively received. Am, yeah. Am I kidding myself? Or are no, we this just is picking, a, this is a positive review. It got okay. positively received or positively received. All right, we're getting. Drunk. What does it take <laughs> to make a local H song? The answer is not all that much. This statement might read what? like a slight against Scott <sighs> Lucas and the various drummers that have manned the kit alongside him over the years, but it's actually quite the opposite. The two pieces released albums at a healthy rate since 1995, and they've managed to amass a respectable discography that makes up for its lack of variety with an invigorating sense of conviction to a basic formula that manages to win over and over again despite its, its relative scantness. Okay, I don't agree with any. This is all damning with faint praise. I hate yeah. this shit. This shit it's, drives me crazy. This is what I call, I used to call like the Illinois Entertainer butt review. Where it's like, wow, it's really, pre- it's great, it's really good, but it's but. from Chicago, so how good could it be? Yeah. You know, it's like, fuck you, you know? And that's the d- douchebag Buchanan beforehand. Like, if you read between the lines, he really likes the record, you know? But yet he has to act like a dick. Like, what's wrong with these fucking people? Andy, it sounds like uh, you have an issue with I've got issues. Not. I have lots of issues. Ah! All right. Smoke a joint. Isn't Lugo still there? Well, I've been in front of this thing, man. You're keeping me away from my chemistry set. <laughs> okay. Are you going to continue with this? Do you want me to? Review? My rant? Well, no. Or, or, Did you find a different? Find you, a good review. Find one that says that What we're did the so New York awesome. Times say about us in 1972? That's a great question. So these guys, they're going to be great. Hmm. Doesn't look like the uh, New York Times reviewed it. No, it, of course they didn't. Not in 1972, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, was that was that something you wanted? To, all right, try another uh, Loudwire. We, we, we need an ending here. Yeah. What is uh? What's what's that? Uh, all music. What does all music say about it? Did they say anything about it? Oh, yeah. Let's go to Mark Deming at All Music. He's always been nice to us, and he seems to get us and understand us. Yes, Mark Deming. You're absolutely right. Scott Lucas has tenacity like nobody's business. Well, That's right. the beginning of a good review. Yes, I like where this is headed. Yes. I'm, t- I'm, tenting, I'm tenting my fingers here. 
Tell me more, Mark Deming. Tell me more, Mr. Deming. While plenty of bands that were competing in the post-Nirvana alt-rock sweepstakes are either gone or content to play their almost hits in clubs a few times a year, Lucas's outfit, Local H, is, if anything, working harder and with greater ferocity today than they were when Bound for the Floor was in rotation on your town's X station. That's right, goddammit. Better Mark believe Deming that. knows what's up. He knows what time it is. Despite a damaged set of vocal cords after being mugged in Moscow in 2013 and losing longtime Preach. drummer Brian St. Clair <laughs> the same year, Lucas has stubbornly Testify. refused to slow down or throw in the towel. And if you doubt that he's running at full strength these days, you need to give 2015's Hate Killer your immediate attention. Mark, in the fucking house unlike many of local h's albums hate killer isn't a concept piece with no larger narrative connecting the 11 songs but if rage and a blunt refusal to give in to life's many unpleasant circumstances can count as a theme then hate killer might be a concept after all that's right especially since our whole holy trinity of death and breaks down it all falls thank apart. you mark mid-record thank you mark yeah the, mark the album might up. lack in thematic ambition compared to 12 angry months or hallelujah i'm a bum but in terms of sheer muscle and horsepower this ranks with the toughest material in local h's catalog and also the That's fiercest right. new oh, drummer yeah. ryan harding brings a hard swinging impact to this material less flashy than saint Clair, but with a rock solid rhythmic core and his precise meter and strength have given lucas greater room to move and Hate Killer features some of the most savage guitar work to date. At four, wait, 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 wait. Yes, R- Sinclair is more flashy. <laughs> uh oh. That's what he okay, says. Okay, go on. Go ahead. Go on. Uh, bu- bu- I just bu- want somebody else to, right. to comment on it. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. At 47 minutes, the album is shorter than the average local H album, but it still feels complete and satisfyingly diverse. A collection of short stories about cities, lives, and ideals going down for the count. And the bruising but intelligent tone of these songs points to Lucas's and local H's greatest virtues. The ability to discuss larger issues without pretense or sloganeering and playing music that's brutal and efficient, but not without intelligence and imagination. Local H is that rare hard rock band that has common sense smarts along with massive riffs and thundering drums, and Hate Killer shows that Scott Lucas's refusal to give up is well-founded. 25 years into Local H's career, he and his band are honestly as good as ever and taking nothing for granted. Want to bet they drop another album this good within three years? Oh! Look at this guy! Oh! I would not take that bet. Well, almost. You came close. Came close. Now, Gabe, that is good writing. Falling in love was the last thing I had on my mind. Holding you is a warmth that I thought I could never find.
I've seen visions of someone like you in my life—a love that's strong, reaching out, holding me through the darkest night. Just trying to decide. Oh, stay by your side. I don't want to cry. I just. Seems alright. I find. 